Welcome to another Making an Impression, The Sketches. I'm joined today by the peerless Rory Bremner and the stunningly talented Kate O'Sullivan for part one of this show. Uh, both were guests on the interview shows, which are well worth a listen. Uh, it's all a bit scrappy at the start of the show, so uh, apologies for that. Um, and then Rory and I discuss how to do Keir Starmer. It's basically you just need to load up on phlegm. There's a bit of me doing Sean Dyche, uh, you know, which is basically uh, just that. And uh, that was a, a nice little sore throat for me afterwards. Uh, and there's a bit of Boris and Jacinda Arden squabbling about their respective responses to the pandemic. We talk about the problems presented to impressionists by bland voices and why the Geordie accent uh, so often slips into Welsh. Uh, that's peculiar, that. I've just done both of those accents really badly, uh, but they're better in the show. Amazing impressions, lots of funny sketches and some showbiz inside for you from Rory. Enjoy. Oh, come on, come on, settle down. <laughs> Sorry, settle it's going down. very well. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Making an Impression, the sketches. Uh, I'm Simon Lipson and uh, thrilled to be joined today by somebody who, well, it's Kate, it's Kate O'Sullivan. And, and the reason I sort of hesitated was because we had Kate O'Sullivan on just before, didn't we, with, with Alistair McGowan. How are you yeah, doing, sorry Kate? Sorry about that. I'm very well, thank you. Yes. Good, excellent. You're still up on your staircase. Pitched up on my landing, yes, yes, in exile here. It's the only place where the uh, the sort of um, the sirens and the drills and the uh, road digging d can't be sort of permeate. But um, yes, I'm very happy here, yeah. So welcome to the show. And also joining us as uh, a bloke, you might not have heard of him. He's a young fella just making his way in the game. Uh, it's welcome to Rory Bremner. Rory, how are you doing? I found a nice quiet place. I'm in downtown Damascus. Um, <gasps> you know, the oh, but I found a little cupboard, um, which, is, which is a very nice place to be. What with Lise, you said? Are you are you there with Lise? Oh no, she's no longer, is she? But don't you think just, she sounds so like Kermit, don't you think? It is like having a female Kermit. So, it is. Yeah, the, uh, the situation here, we have been hit by any incoming... And uh, we can throw uh, into uh, that little spectrum, we can throw in Kermit the Frog. Uh, no, we can throw in Pam Schreiber. <laughs> Pam Schreiber, you know, Martina's backhand is just so great at the moment. That is so good. <laughs> Trouble is, no one will ever have heard of Pam Schreiber. So she's, well, I have. Yeah. I'm, a tennis, I'm a tennis maven, and that's a, such a brilliant impression. Uh, so it's just for me. Um, and probably for Pam, if she's listening. Uh, oh, so we've all enjoyed that. Thank a big you for, fan of the show. Yes, yeah. yes, so, she loves well, it. Look, as, as our listeners will know by now, this is a show in which uh, top impressionists and I uh, have a crack <laughs> at some sketches. Get the self-deprecation in at this is, as I say in every show, uh, the, the important thing is that you don't judge me. Judge them. Oh, um, oh so gosh. That's, that's, that's where Throw we're at. Throw us under the bus, why don't you? But you're very good. There's no need. There's no need for self-deprecation. Like, exactly. Like Jeremy, Jeremy always used to say, people, are, people say I'm very self-deprecating, but I don't think I'm very good at that. 
Uh. <laughs> well, I, I will do my best. Unfortunately, I'm not doing too many voices today. So um, we've got a bunch of sketches to do, and we can also chat about voices and uh, what we're all up to and uh, anything else that comes uh, to mind. So why don't we get cracking with the first sketch, uh, and you can start mm -hmm. shuffling your papers. Right. Uh, this is the uh, Political Antiques Roadshow. Oh, that one, right, okay. Yeah. And that's by uh, Clive Greenwood. Clive's uh, written some bits and pieces for the show before. Terrific writer and a very good impressionist in his own right, by the way. Oh, not um, another. Yeah, oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere, really. It's, uh, it's depressing. Um, this, is, this, <laughs> this features Fiona Bruce and Keir Starmer. Now, uh, in a previous show, I think it was the show with you, Kate and uh, Alistair, I, mm. I had a crack at Keir Starmer. Uh, having never, ever tried it before and realised that all I was doing was a bloke with a cold. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, we, I got away with it, I think. It always sounds like he's full of phlegm. No, it is, it is hard to do. Funnily enough, I mean, there's a history of Labour leaders suffering from colds because actually to do Ed Miliband, to start with, because I, I, when I first started doing Ed Miliband, I'm, you know, I just sounded like Tony Blair with the cold. And then I realised that the way to do, <laughs> do Ed Miliband was actually you took, you took that little bit of that Tony Blair. But you added that sort of adenoidal thing with Chris Tarrant. Going, he, okay, so what we're going to do is, uh, I'm not gonna, is it A? Could it be B? And you put that together with Tony Blair. And for some strange reason, you get the middle of I don't, I don't know what it is exactly, but and we hit on, and we hit on a word for him because it's letter L. So labour as a labour leader, labour leader. And I was working yeah. with a really great guy called Kevin O'Shea, and um, he, uh, we identified the one word for Miliband was leaf, leaf. Because I had a, and the other day I turned on the radio and I heard one sentence of Ed Miliband, and he was talking about, yeah, I've got a Nissan Leaf. It was just really <laughs> weird. It was like life imitating art. But I, I just tune in for, and he just happens to use the word leaf. So yeah, but you're right about Keir Starmer. But I find him really hard. The the, the test for impressionists, I think, is if I played you uh, Keir Starmer just talking normally um, as a member of the public, would you recognize? Would you go, oh yeah, that's Keir Starmer? In the way that if you heard, have you heard Boris? I mean, obviously, or if you heard, if you heard Donald Trump, or if you heard if you heard William Hague, or anybody like, you go, oh, that's it. But would you know? It's like, again, it's the sort of uh, Matt Hancock or whatever. If you heard, yes. I, mean, I suppose he's so, we hear him so often, but if you just heard him conversational, would you go, it's, it's, do you know what I mean? But, but actually, Rory, I think, I think he, he has a fairly low recognition factor at the moment. Mm. And although he, you know, he's everywhere, he's nowhere in a sense. I mean, looking at some of these opinion polls, and I was listening to something the other day uh, where they had a, a uh, one of these, uh, you know, uh, what do they call them? Um, these groups of people who, you know, comment focus, on... Focus, focus groups. Focus, focus group. group. That's, <laughs> I couldn't focus on what I was trying to say, but it was a focus group. And they mostly were saying, Starmer, we don't really know what he is. What does he represent? What's he about? He seems sort of semi-invisible. And so I think, I think you're going to get away with this by employing your Ed Miliband, your Blair, uh, your worst cold on a bad day. And so here we go. So this is a political antiques roadshow. I'm, th I'm throwing... <laughs> Throwing Rory under yes. the bus. I know you are throwing me under the bus. No, it is not. Yeah. There's an element of, of the way that he speaks, but it is the back of the throat. It is there somewhere. There, you're but there. It is, it is the back of the throat, but also that there's almost in the enunciation, there's a thing which, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
Um, it's just, I'm just absolutely as an impressionist talking about the quality of the voice. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and it, it is, and I have heard that, and, I, and it's that again. It's that the back of the throat thing, and and purely into. I'm absolutely talking about the 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 the, the, the tone of the voice, where the voice is produced from, and 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 how where you've heard that that phenomenon before. I don't know what it is, but these are all these are all part of the impressionist tools. You think which part of the throat am I going to use? What, how can I refer it to something I've heard before or whatever? And so that's yeah. just where it, and the sketch is a political. Yes, yeah, so somebody taking uh, the the party to the uh, antiques roadshow. But I remember John yeah. Bird Bird wrote a sketch about Neil Kinnock bringing the Labour Party defence policy to the antiques roadshow. And, <laughs> and John Bird he put a beautiful little line in it because uh, he had Neil Kinnock saying, "Well, you know, and, well, actually, the wife chucked it out, but you know what women are like." The antique dealer says, "I'm afraid not. Outside my field." <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so anyway, well, look, Rory, Rory, you have you've deflected enough, quite enough for, for, for one sketch. This okay, is my so first Fiona now, Bruce as well, so you yeah, know. We're, let, we're let's put you both to the test. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. It's Political Antiques Roadshow, and Fiona, take it away. Hello, I'm Fiona Bruce. Think Sophie Rayworth's OnlyFans account. Welcome to Antiques Roadshow. Now, Keir, you brought an object in. Can you tell us a bit about it? Where did you find it? Well, uh, I started a new job last year, and the guy before me hadn't really changed anything since the 1970s, so I needed to declutter, and I found this, and I, and I thought I'd bring it in and see what you thought. Well, uh, we've shown it to our experts, and uh, they were all very unexcited. But they get paid to be here, so they've identified it, and it is, in fact, a Labour government. Now, you look surprised. Well, you know, I, it's just so long since I've seen one. I, I imagined it would be a deep red colour, but this appears a pale pink. Is that the effect of the sun? The sun, the mail, the express, most of the press, in fact. Oh, it, it doesn't really stand up very well. Well, that's what our experts said. Well, look, the legs are a bit uneven. It, it, it wobbles a lot. Yes, that's actually a design flaw. It does wobble from left to right constantly. You could, of course, put a block under the left side or indeed the right side, which might stabilise it, but that's up to you. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I might need a focus group. Oh, I'm losing the will to live now. So, on to value. Any ideas? Um, well, no, none. Correct. No intrinsic value. But you might be able to swap it for a free subscription to Momentum, according to our experts. I'm sorry, who are these experts? Sky News, Fox and the Mail. So, that's all we have time for now. Join us next week when we'll be talking to the man who discovered Jacob Rees-Mogg's maiden speech in the original medieval Latin. Excellent. That was really good. Um, first of all, first of all, ha- uh, hats off to, to Fiona Bruce there, because I thought that was, you really captured oh, that. And th- that slight smile in the voice, I thought that was great. Uh, and Rory, very well sustained. Oh, I don't know. I, could he- I kept hearing Tony Blair come back into it. Oh, and I didn't. You're I didn't hear any Tony Blair. <laughs> Or, uh, or, you know, or you know, it's the ghost of form of things. But, you know, people, you finally reach a point. It's interesting. The first time when you do an impression, you, it's a little bit tight, isn't it? And Because you, mm-hmm. all you're yeah. concerned about is getting it to sound as much like the original. And it takes time to bed down until mm. you, yep. it yep. becomes a character that you really own and you could you feel you could actually 
be that character for sort of you know we, to- we were talking about this weren't we kate with uh, with alistair this idea mm-hmm. of perhaps doing two or three impressions one after the other with no break and uh, having to inhabit each voice and, and separate them out and you were saying really that that once you've bedded down with a voice you don't have an issue with that swapping from one to t'other but i guess if as rory was saying there if you're if it's not quite in your system, if you haven't quite got it into your recording mechanism, it becomes that much harder to, to go and find it again. And I, I know there's a couple that I'm going to do in the course of this show that I have never done before. So I, I know roughly what to do, but you know what? Is that like, you're, you're quite forensic, aren't you, is, with finding voices and bedding them down? Is that Rory or, or me? I, I suspect no, you. Rory. you oh, sorry, yes. I'm looking at you, but. How who who would know on this? You're pixelated, so Am I don't I? know what's happening. Yeah, God. yeah, don't worry. But it's, You're it's, lucky. Yeah, you look great. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, yes, I am forensic. Um, the idea being um, begin forensically and then throw it all away for performance so that you are mm. freed a bit much like sort of ballet or any discipline. You, you do all the exercises at the bar and then in performance... You don't even think about them, but um, I think impressionists do a lot of exercises at the bar, don't you? So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teetotal. Don't look at me. Um, no, it's, uh... Donald Trump actually. Donald Trump's teetotal. You think that's him sober? It's just weird, isn't it? Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary thought, doesn't it? It's it's a scary thought. Drank, you know, it kind of links up with you know what you were saying about poor Keir Starmer, and and you know, I it's just a really galling that. People have to have some unique USP. They have to have this extraordinary striking voice or presence or look in order to somehow make any impact in politics. And uh, yeah, I sort of feel that that's mostly the problem at the moment, isn't it, really? That that quiet, tempered approach isn't breaking through. It is. I mean, so true, isn't it? And I, I know, Rory, when we chatted on the our earlier show, um, we were talking about Cameron, David Cameron, and yeah. it on on the um, and I mentioned that because we, we're going to get to that a bit later in in this show. Um, that it, it, there's a kind of a blandness that there's it, the difficulty in finding the hook there, yeah. and there are lots of voices. You mentioned um, Matt Hancock, lots of voices that you're looking for a hook. You're looking for some something in the in the voice, the accent, the the, the delivery that that gives you something to hang it on. And some people just don't give you that. Well, that's the genius. Um, you know, on, um, on on a program like Dead Ringers, mm. um, Duncan Wisby, who is often sort of giving, because ah. a wonderful Lewis McLeod and John Culshaw, mm. and they get this, the, the bigger characters. Uh, and Duncan, is he gets the ones like, like, like the John McDonald's who we're going to do later on, and like the David Davises. And I always struggled with David Davis when he was the leader leadership candidate against David Cameron. So I, all I got was the, was the laugh. You know, laddish laugh. And I once met him, actually, David Davis, and uh, I said, God, you know, we're talking about the European Union, and I was very much a Remainer, and he was talking about, and uh, we talked about Jean-Claude Juncker, and he said, yeah, 
great name though. <laughs> and I thought that was so, you know, that was absolutely, he's still stuck in that world of, you know, commando yeah. trash yeah. mags and Yunkaby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Duncan Wisby, and I reckon anyone listening to this, look at, try and Google Duncan Wisby. Absolutely. Doing, um, he does a, a wonderful Laurel and Hardy sketch mm-hmm. where he plays both characters. Yes. He does Laurel and Hardy. So if you Google Laurel and Hardy and Duncan Wisby, and it's brilliant. And he's in a sense, a little bit of an unsung hero of impressionist. I mean, for Dead Ringers audience will know him. But so he, this is this is the genius because you know you, it's what you say. You look for a hook, and some people give you quite obvious hooks, but it's the ones that don't that really find out the sort of the, the genius impressionists. And and he is a, he is a, almost niche in 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 that thing. And then he's greatly respected by the rest of the cast yes. for what he does. It's there. interesting you, you mentioned Duncan because I I interviewed him for again for the uh, the earlier show the interview shows, and he he talked about that and saying that because. Lewis was there because John was was there. The, the the taking on the sort of the big grandstanding voices, he had to really become very good at taking on those little niche, little weird, uh, difficult to pin down voices because he realised without that he his part in the in Dead Ringers would become like mine used to be, which is doing nothing. Um, but he he took that on as as a challenge, and it's very interesting listening to him talk about that uh, and also giving some some renditions of of odd you know sort of as i say sort of these 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 weird little voices you think what wow how's he found that uh, and also he did some great songs on the show so that listen go go and go listen to that podcast it was a, a real cracker have you heard a good keir starmer because you just heard a bad one so have you heard a good <laughs> oh, well yours no, is great no. yours Absolutely. is great I I I was I did a bit the last show I, and I realised I was just sort of almost choking on the words <laughs> to the point where I didn't know what I was saying and and but I I could sense and you know you probably get this both of you you can sense when you're on to an impression when you think do you know what if I really put the work in I've actually got the tools and the ability to to make that happen I just don't want to make that happen but. Did you find that, Kate, that, you, <laughs> that there are voices you think, actually, yeah, if I, if I really focus on this, I've got the ability to, to find all yes. the bits and pieces of it, the ticks and the Yeah, uh, the, I, the I think so. With, with work, with work, anything is achievable, for sure. Uh, I mean, even, even if it's slightly outside your range, if, if it's uncomfortable, you can get the closest with work and um, regular sort of uh, practice. But um, mm. I, I do, it's awful in performance though, when you, you feel like you're at a potter at a, at a wheel and it's all it's all going very wrong, you know. You can <laughs> yes. hear that it's sliding out of control. It's sounding nothing yes. like them. I mean, Rory, you would never have had this, of course. I did. I, yeah, I spoke about Harry Hill was my nemesis. I could never get Harry Hill up. But then, when the increasingly when the sort of politicians came, like like Jeremy Corbyn and so, and I, if I struggle or Nick Clegg, of course. Yes. Who, oh, yeah, your Nick Clegg is brilliant. I no, remember no, 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 no. when Matt, we did the radio Matt, show; it was oh, fabulous. I loved oh, your oh, Nick Matt, Clegg. I always thought Matt Ford used to do a much better Nick Clegg, but I used to just cheat. I used to just cheat. So people said, people would say, "Can you do a good Jeremy Corbyn?" And I'd say, "No." Can he? <laughs> yeah, it's that's another thing, isn't it? We we because you were talking there before we did that sketch, Rory about about sort of hooking one impression or sort of piggybacking one impression on another. So the that guttural sort of nasally back of the throat thing of Ed Miliband, almost no pronunciation, almost that kind of. That's what I was talking about earlier on. That uh, yeah, you're just trying to find any clue, any hook you can. 
Well, look, let's let's move on to the next sketch, which is I'm going to have a crack at Sean Dyche. So, Rory, you can you can have a rest from your you having from your <laughs> Keir Starmer exertions. Uh, I'm going to have a crack at this. I, I have no idea if I can do it. In, probably by the end of it, I'll have no voice left whatsoever. So, oh no, you no you no. I'm sorry, you can't have a rest. You're the astronaut. Sorry, you're the astronaut. Oh. So I've gone from Starmer to Starman. <laughs> yes, well, hey. indeed. Hey. See what I did there. <laughs> so I'm going to kill my throat now and do Sean Dyche. Uh, Kate, your mission control here. You've got a okay. line at the top of this. Okay, lovely. Uh, and this is by uh, Rob Smith, who is a, um, a frequent contributor to this series, and uh, he's a lovely writer. Uh, so this is taking place in a rocket ship. And which country? Are, are we, what, what do we think? Uh, so the, I think those the astronaut and mission control are American. Okay, American. <laughs> Sean Dyche isn't. Oh, <laughs> you, could have said, you, you could have said Hungarian, couldn't oh. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I want you to play an astronaut, but this time it's an astronaut from Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you must. But who's yeah. the, so, uh, sorry, give the parts out again. Yeah, so you're the astronaut. Uh, American astronaut. Mission control is Kate. And I'm Sean Dyche. (laughs) We're we're ready to go. Okay. Here we go. Mission control, this is Space Explorer 1. We have a major problem with the rocket. This is mission control. We read you, but our systems aren't showing any issues, so we brought in a specialist. A specialist would be good right now, mission control. We're very... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll feed you. I'll feed you because mine was shit. Mine was shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. So uh, this uh, this is mission. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> this is mission control. We read you, but our systems aren't showing any issues. So we brought in a specialist. A specialist would be great right now. We're very worried up here, mission control. Uh, it's Sean Dyche here. Uh, look, we could mess about with niceties and la di da. Like I said to the boys when we faced a relegation six pointer at Crystal Palace, let's get this sorted. We're with you, Sean. Uh, so, what are you seeing? Uh, I don't know. All the lights are simply red. Hang on, hang on. Are you saying I look like Mick Hucknell? Sorry, who is Mick Hucknell? Oh, you really have got major problems. Can we focus, Sean? Fine. So, where are the issues? I've just run a diagnostic, and we've got cracks down the port and starboard main panels, and we've had a pressure explosion on the rear thrusters. Uh, So, you've got issues down your left and right wing, a big hole at the back. Boy, you've come to the right guy. Uh, So, what can we do? Well, the transfer window's closed, and I definitely don't want to end up with Jack Wilshire again. What can we do about the rocket? Well, we've got to keep our structure and make sure we compact and hard to break down. Sean, you are a genius. So we could use the sealant around the cracks and force a structural pressuring to hold everything in place? Yeah, well, you don't win by letting things in. But what can we do about the thrusters? Uh, how are we going to move forward? Over. You've, well, you've got the quality, you've got the momentum, but you can't affect anything if you're not in the right area. Okay, you mean... Long balls to Chris Wood. So, use a second pressure explosion to fire the guidance thrusters and use that to steer back to Earth? Both could work. Sean, you have saved our lives. You've saved this mission. Is there anything we can ever do to repay you? Uh, Well, the chance to show I can manage a Shop 6 club. How about something more achievable? Fancy coming to Mars? And there we have it. (laughs) There we have it. (laughs) 
I can't. Sound so spacey there. Like, do you know, um, <laughs> I should have remembered there's a tip, but Graham Garden, we were doing, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. And Graham Garden was teaching me how to do, how to do Darth Vader, which is essentially you get a beer mug and you go. <laughs> I think we needed that. That's so the could kill. I've got to try that. Hang on, I've got a mug here. Hang on, let me try that. You've got a couple Is of mugs. Is that working? Here. Yes! Brilliant! Oh, I like that. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the Graham Garden Yeah. Even at my late age, you can still <laughs> learn new tricks. That's great. I just wanted to ask both of you about this, perhaps, Kate, to start with. The American accent. Hmm. Now, we're all impressionists. We've all got a great ear for accents, even me. And, and yet I always find sort of, as it were, bog standard American, a challenge. Now, really, I should, you know, I should really find it really easy. I can't. And sometimes I think, am I overstressing the R here or what am I doing? And I don't really know um, because sometimes I haven't, I don't know if I've quite settled on an, an accent sense. You know, New York like that, you like that. And then you got down south and all that kind of thing. So do you find a sort of a, what I would call a, a standard American accent. Well, there, there is a standard, isn't there, called uh, Network mm. English, mm. which uh, the broadcasters use, which is a sort of a, it's a very kind of neutralised American accent. It's almost in danger of not sounding American at all. So, I mean, obviously, it depends which channel in, in the States, but um, obviously Fox News like it to sound very, very kind of like that and really sort of vociferous and angry. But um, if you've got the sort of more um, NBC, uh, you know, it will be kind of tempered. And so you have that kind of like openness. So it sounds, mm. uh, it's very, very English almost. Uh, there's a, a, yeah, a, yeah. a space within the mouth cavity. So, you know, the if you go to New York, uh, everything becomes a little more compressed, like you know, flat. like the city. You know, there's, like, there's less yeah. room. To, I like uh, the dip tongues. <laughs> I like the dip tongues. You got to, everything got a little bit more. You know. Yeah, coffee. You yeah. know, there's a lot of That's dip right. tongues. There. Yeah. Two vowels with the price of one. It's really important to have your dip tongues in New York. This is interesting. This is fascinates me. And I, I, I tell you why. I, I used to do, oh, I don't know. You know, I do Joe Pesci up here, up here like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and do, I could do the accent flawlessly. Joe Pesci experiencing a wedgie. <laughs> I'd do um, De Niro. Within the context of the impression, I could do the accent flawlessly. And I find, found this with Geordie. Geordie is my bête noir. Really? I can't do Geordie. But if I do Gaza... <laughs> Oh, no, it's Peter Beardsley. I'm doing Peter Beardsley late night. Oh, Peter Beardsley. Or, You're illustrating something that Alistair McGowan talks about a lot. He calls about voice bunkers. We, and it, yeah. These voice bunkers, it's a golf thing. So when, it, when he sort of dribble, the ball dribbles off the fairway and into a bunker. And it's that's when he says he's trying to do one impression and it slides accidentally into another. But anyway, give us more Peter Beardsley. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I do Peter Beardsley like that, and I do the funny face like that, a funny face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm going with that. But I do think with something like um, a De Niro or a Beardsley, actually those two are quite interesting, because I used to do them live, and I used to do the face first, yes. and then I'd hit the voice. So the face mm -hmm. gave the expectation. So with mm -hmm. De Niro, I would, you know, yeah, what? You know, go out of that. <laughs> yeah. And by the time I got to the voice, 
I know this is not great for podcasting, but by the time I got to The Voice, the, it didn't really matter if I had a great impression or not. And the same with Beardsley, because I, I used to do this fashion show with Beardsley, right? And I'd go, uh, David Beckham. And then I'd stride up and down as David Beckham with a pouch. You know, and then I'd stride up and down as David Ginola. And then the last one would be, finally, Peter Beardsley. And I'd just go, uh, and it was the face that sold the gag. And then I go, what am I doing? I shouldn't be. No, so anyway, so that was, that was, no wonder I gave up stand-up, eh? <laughs> Forgive us, the hilarious thing, Kate, that Kate and I are laughing extra because your voices are wonderful. But as she said oh, earlier, she... your picture is so bad, we can hardly see you at all. It's so badly pixelated. So you say, and I would do the best, and you're doing the best Robert De Niro face ever. All we can see it was he looked like a suspect. You, know, you look like you know, one of Michael Jackson's children that's being pixelated. Yeah. Out. You absolutely can't make out any of your features I'm at all. So, well, I probably did Peter Beersley a favour there because he probably looked quite handsome <laughs> pixelated. So. And, and Deck uh, are my kind of go-to Geordies because you know, I've, I've got a slightly lower voice and he's a little bit grovelly and growly like that, you know. So uh, and, and Deck is a little bit higher and he's yeah. not, not got the yeah. same gravel. Yeah. And so, like that, yeah. yeah but I've, I've often realised, you know, there's a similarity, if you like. There's a similarity between the Geordie voice and, and the Welsh one a little bit because there's a little oh, bit of musicality. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a little bit of musicality. And I sometimes wonder this great thing about British accents. If there's a link there between mm. the coal mines of of northeast of england and wales and if there was a kind of at some stage there's a little bit of cross-pollination as far as accents i mean that's yeah. where these the, the dialecticians are so brilliant i don't know if yes. we talked about yeah. on the podcast yes. but the do you remember Wearside jack um he was the guy who did the tapes he sent the hoax tapes of jack as jack the ripper the yorkshire ripper mm. the yorkshire ripper rather um and uh so they had they had these tapes saying you, you have not found me yet have you george and all the rest of it uh, and the dialectician narrowed it down and he was two streets out, something like that. He was that good. Wow. And that's why he Wearside, he got into a specific village, a specific part of Wearside. You think, God, and that's, you know, we talked earlier about forensic, but my word, to actually narrow it down. Yeah, uh, that's extraordinary. And, and I mean, yeah, the, the origins of accents are fascinating, though, aren't they? I mean, liver, the Liverpudlian accent, um, it, it didn't exist uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It, it, it was born of um, the North Walian and the sort of the Dublin workers that were imported to uh, around the Industrial Revolution. So you can, you know, so like him, um, you know, you can hear on t- to tell the truth. You know, you can hear the sort of yeah. Dublin there, yeah, like that, and yeah, um, yeah like. Um, yeah. TH becomes duh, and often leaving the leaving duh, the two. That's off the right end. there, which is very Dublin. I was going to yeah. say that. Dublin. Boar. Boar. I used to live in Liverpool as a, as a lad. I lived there for three years, and of course, I never lost my my London accent. But uh, one of my never first, lost my virginity. But, I thought you were going to say <laughs> that as well. But I remember one occasion we went to Anfield, and uh, I was there with a couple of friends. And this kid came up to us, and he went, "Hey, you got any circus? You got any spare circus?" So, so I went, um, oh no, um, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't. And he went, you lying cunt. And I said, <laughs> I said, what's a cod? What's a lying cod? I'd ne- and it took me years to realise what he was actually saying. Somebody told me about, about, uh, who is it? Um, who is the, who's the guy who's become a soft, the Rangers manager? Ah, Stevie G, Stephen Gerrard. Uh, Gerrard, Gerrard, yeah. They were on holiday with Steve. Who was it? I think it was, uh, yes, somebody's telling me they were on holiday with Stephen Gerrard. And he just came down after the first day. He said, I've got a very dicky stomach. 
he's very like that, isn't he? You know, he's like that. He's very, yeah. very, very severe accent like that. <laughs> my my Geordie, the only Geordie that I've got is like Sarah Milligan is the only oh, sort of, that's sort of like my, my inroad into like the Geordie accent is, is her. And I'm just trying to think of like, <laughs> there are other um, brilliant, like Liverpoolian women that I'm thinking, because um, there's quite a posh Liverpoolian too that you can get, isn't there? Like, oh, they the, talk like that, that don't they? So, More like that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's and posh. And it's like, you know, yeah. quite... Is it we're all? Is it? Oh yeah, Dad. Got. I mean, Kate Robbins would know now, wouldn't she? She'd be like the expert. Um, we're coming to the third sketch now. This is the case of Jacinda Ardern. Is it Ardern or Ardern? I don't know. And Boris Johnson. Now, this was written by a young aspiring comedy writer called. <laughs> um, let me just che- checks notes. Kate O'Sullivan. Oh my God! Who, I've been exposed. Same name as you, Kate. Well, that's extraordinary. <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> there's no pressure here for you because no, exactly. just because you wrote work. this sketch and Rory Bremner is going to do it with well, you. It, it, in truth, what it was, I, I long I wanted to hear Rory's uh, Boris. Yeah. Because uh, there were no, the, the, I saw in the the sketches that you sent us l- mm-hmm. hours ago uh, that uh, there was no um, <laughs> Boris among them, and um, and I, I I sort of feel that yeah the way that they've both handled the pandemic, see the yeah. the two countries, it it needed to be looked at i felt it's a it's a good i'm not going to say it's a great sketch because we'll say that afterwards okay <laughs> uh, but what i what i would like to say, what i would like to do is just that now there is a bit of david cameron at the end of this now yeah. rory you do a great cameron uh, but i was conscious of your doing all of uh, johnson throughout this sketch and i was going to say to you quickly teach me cameron then i'll throw those cameron lines in but it occurs to me i probably won't be able to do it i think i didn't think about think about david cameron i, I it's quite funny because I, I think comes out as one word like a pig going on appropriately enough exactly you think about well, you know, it. there's all sorts of things you can do with a pig but i, I you're right you're right i i think actually oh. we talked about sort of leaning on to other impressions it's a little bit like you know you've got a slightly guttural thing of keith floyd you know that kind of the slightly kind of thing, and you've got a little bit, but also you've got a little bit of you know the poshness of Peter Mandelson. So I, 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 I put those two together and remember that that line that I, when we talked about before, and I think when I did the podcast with you about when you can distill the funny line and the true line and put them together and try and sum it up. So the Cameron Light thing was always, you know, people said, "Are you know, are you going to make the rich richer? Are you going to make the poor poorer?" I think we managed to do both. So I, I, think, we're so I think what you're looking, what you're looking for is, is, is yes, I think, yeah, you're quite right. There is a bit of posh there. There's a bit of posh there. But I think, I think you know, you've got a slight, slight sort of, you know, um, a little bit, a little bit of gravel because he likes the ciggies, um, and oh, they probably can't afford them now, but um, he really actually can. But, um, you know, so that's that's sort of where that's sort of where you're going. Well, what you've done there is, is blow any chance of my doing a camera <laughs> out of the water. So, no, Do it as so Peter you, Beardsley. We'll never no, know. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to do... Well, even Gerard, you've just been blowing... You guys, you've been blowing Peter Beardsley and, uh, yeah. and uh, even Gerard your... out of the park. And uh, you're Sarah Millican, which has got that slight rattle, the Theresa May rattle, hasn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the, the yodel, the, the rather nervous, nervous yodel. Yes. That, uh... The yodel, yeah. <laughs> well, look, uh, Rory, you've, you've, yeah. you've talked yourself into doing Cameron now. So um, oh. this is. I'm just going to take a little rest while uh, we do this uh, sketch. And of course, I'm sweating now because having set it up, I suddenly realised <laughs> yeah. I hadn't honed Jacinda. 
anyway, so brace positions. I think, I, I, I think you'll find I will hone you. <laughs> I will hone you. I will hone you. I will, I will track you down. <laughs> As Boris Johnson does Liam Neeson, I will, I will track you down and I will hone you. I'm sure. Do you know what we had that meeting? Sorry, with with Ursula von der Leyen, and you just knew he was going. And I, I looked at the whites of her whites of her eyes, and I and I and I thought either we're getting a deal, either we're going to get a deal, or it's baby number seven. <laughs> <laughs> you just see uh, him in a room with a world leader, female world leader. Scary. Well, look, here we go. This is the the case. Uh, Rory's doing uh, David Cameron and Boris Johnson, and I'm now confused. I'm now thinking. I'm now thinking of David Cameron. I'm going to get Cameron out of my head. You're Johnson all the way. Oh no, you've got a bit of Johnson Cameron uh, badinage towards the end. But anyway, I'm going to. I don't care. I'm going to leave this to you. Uh, this is the case of Jacinda Ardern and Boris Johnson. Away you go. I, 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 I'd like to I'd welcome our friends in uh, in, in New Zealand. Uh, to this uh, COVID-19 Cobra, uh, is it Cobra? Yeah, Cobra uh, meeting. can't believe I'm actually here. Uh, I didn't bunk off this one. Uh, Jacinda. Right. So I just wanted to check in on everyone about our lockdown process. I believe in going hard and going early. Now we're talking. No, very much my, my modus operandi. Well, we wouldn't see the positive benefits of all our good work for at least 10 days. Uh, Yeah, or or, or nine months. (laughs) Well, we had a stark choice based on the modelling. If we continue to see community transmission without any intervention, tens of thousands of New Zealanders would have died. Well, we uh, we wanted to see community transmission without any uh, intervention. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, take one for the herd. I'm afraid our death toll has risen. Alas, our our UK uh, death toll uh, is uh, sadly uh, 126,625. Our deaths have gone up to 26. 26? 20, what, not 26,000? 26, is that that, that all? 26, yeah. It's terrible. It's really, really terrible. Well, yeah, yeah, you say terrible. I mean, you should, you should have tried shaking hands with more COVID patients, Jacinda. Launched Eat Out to Help Out. Sent your elderly back to the care homes untested. Then you would have had a really world-beating death toll. Boris, Boris Millmucker. Rishi's not taking my calls. Cameron, what do you, what do you want? Well, anything in the kitty for a former PM's side hustle? There'll be a shepherd's hut in it for you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because we got that late from UK. I was just wondering if it tweaked around. Uh, maybe yeah, no, 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 it's good, punch- it's good, it's good, good, yeah. Thinking punchline bits or um, on the modelling. Talk about When you talk about the modelling, have you, have you, have you saved, Jacinda says, have you seen our models? The IEI have seen, <laughs> I, can I say, the, the best model to come out of Australasia yeah. uh, since Elle McPherson. What, what, I, what I did was uh, I, I'd written us uh, a whole juicy one and then and then Simon was, well, look, you know, I have Darren Altman and, and I have, uh, I, who's the other impressionist? Katya Kavinga. Katia Kavinga. Now I don't I don't know her, but um, so I divvied up the sketch uh, at, at speed, but um, and then realised that I'd missed a trick also, Rory, with um, with you could have called me Jennifer, couldn't you? Jennifer. Indeed, yes. She is currently doing well in the polls, as indeed she did. Yeah, that's all blown up. But yeah, I always think we could possibly have done a little Brexit punchline about so saying, well, of course, you know, you you that. You know, you've got the considerable um, 
New Zealand has a considerable advantage of being an island, a couple of, or a couple of islands cut off from their nearest neighbours, um, with a <laughs> with a GDP only a uh, fifteen times smaller than than Britain, and then saying, "Well, actually, we 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 are spot on." That is exactly <laughs> what Brexit was about. Oh, brilliant, brilliant! You see, Rory, script editor. Well, yeah. ish. Fantastic. But, what, but that leads us into talking about scripts, how you work, and it's, you kind of reverse engineering it, aren't you? Sometimes, mm-hmm. and. In a, in a, you know, you sort of try to th- you know, work backwards from the punchline sort of thing sometimes, or just think, well, how can you get an extra, an extra political um, element there? Like on the, you know, when she talked about um, earlier in the script about sort of saying, yes, ah, oh, the, 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 yes, the, the, the modelling, the modelling, like yeah. that idea of Boris sort of saying, uh, oh, yes, that's right. Are you saying what's what, what's uh, just to say what's your R number? And Boris said, well, put my personal, my personal R, uh. my personal reproduction number. He's currently, he's currently, I think, I think seven, <laughs> is seven? Oh, yeah, I think God, it could be seven. Rory, all these tricks I missed. But we can steal for, we can steal for Darren Norman. If you come into contact with me and have a trial, get a test. <laughs> Thanks for listening to part one of this recording with Rory Bremner and Kato Sullivan. Part two will appear later in the series. If you enjoyed the show, why not drop us a five-star review and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or your chosen podcast platform. Come and follow us on Twitter at Voice Maestros. Uh, I'll be dropping video clips of the recordings, bits of inside info, links to the shows, and there's all that and more, including all the sketches on our website, which is www.voicemaestros.com. Why not come and subscribe? there. The performers and I will be happy to engage and chat across our various platforms. Oh, and we've also got a Making an Impression Facebook page. Join us next time for another Making an Impression.